0: Hi, I'm Blessing. Today I'm teaching you how to not go broke by teaching the signs of financial abuse.
1: Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Don't Go Broke Trying. I'm your host Rennie and This is a podcast all about financial literacy and teaching you how to not go broke trying to live your best life. On today's episode, we have a bit more of a serious topic and something that I don't hear discussed very often, and that is financial abuse. Financial abuse is something that happens quite often, especially in the black community, the African community, the Nigerian community specifically. So uh, I brought on an expert today to speak to you all about it and to maybe to uh, help us identify some of the signs of financial abuse so i'm really excited for this episode this is a bit of a heavier episode so maybe a trigger warning financial abuse would be the trigger warning and domestic violence as well so let's get into it hi a blessing thank you so much for joining me thank you for having me how are you today Good, wonderful, actually. Good. Thank you so much for being here, everyone. Blessing's actually in my accountability group. <laughs> and she Blessing keeps me is, on my toes. She's killing it. She's really killing it, and she's ki- crushing her money goals. So I'm it's really hard. Ex- Yeah.
0: It's hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't make it sound like it's very simple. It's actually hard, yeah. but
1: it's doable. <laughs> uh, before we get into, it, I just want to introduce you quickly. So Blessing is an internationally recognized expert in community mobilization engagement and research and she's developed job descriptions projects keynotes lectures panel discussions and conversations about a variety of topics she is a black woman a feminist an advocate a storyteller and a community-based researcher who brings her intersections and ideologies to the work she does ranging from gender-based violence to sexual reproductive they health and rights, storytelling, research, and technology. There's so much more I could say about you, but I'm going to let you introduce yourself as well. But let's start off with the Runny Rated segment because this is how I start off all my podcast okay. episodes. So for those who don't know, Runny Rated are the products that I love. Products, songs, service, whatever you're really loving right now. So what is something that is blessing rated right now?
0: <laughs> something that is blessing rated right now is my sunscreen, am I allowed Ooh. to mention the brand? Yes, please. I, I do. think I actually even got that recommendation from you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was black girl sunscreen. My fave. That's my that's my theme. It sparks joy every day. Yes. Um prior to jumping on black girls sunscreen, I was using other types of sunscreen which will leave um a white cast. And that's like a nightmare for yes. a black person like, you know, I can't go out because I have this Calamine lotion looking (laughs) thing on my face. Looking like Casper the Ghost. But having, you know, since I jumped on the Black Girl sunscreen, bandwagon, it's just been, you know, I see my skin flourishing more. Yes. And that's You're glowing
1: right now. now. Thank you. The skin is skinning. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I know. Sunscreen is a game changer. Everyone, Mm -hmm. please put on some sunscreen. Yes, please. Even when
0: you are home. Yes,
1: all the time. All day, every day. Okay, so as I said, today we're going to be talking about financial and economic abuse and how it impacts victims and ultimately causes them to go broke. This episode will not be a don't go broke trying to do X, Y, Z, because, you know, we don't want to blame the victims, but... Uh, because nobody in the situation asks to be in the situation, mm. but I'm hoping that you can shed light to this issue. So if you could please introduce yourself a bit and tell us a little bit about you.
0: Okay. Um, my name is Blessing Timididia, and I'm 35. I turned 35 this year. I am from Nigeria, though I live in Canada here. I, hmm, what are the things I should tell you? Let's start from the very soft things. So I like (laughs) cartoons. I like food, good food. Same. I I like my bed sometimes, (laughs) you know. When the world is going haywire outside, my first instinct is to go to my bed and just lie down. So those are like the summary of things that bring me a lot of joy. Um, I'm a first child. I have one sibling, a younger sister, um, my father is a pastor. Ooh. Every time I <laughs> mention that, people are always like... Pastor's kid. Excuse you. Yes. So yes, my father is a pastor, my mother is a teacher, and I grew up doing a whole lot of church things. I used to sing in the choir. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that as a teenager, I recorded a gospel album. Oh, wow. Look uh, at you. Blessing the singer. That's not in the market anymore. <laughs> um I like sports. In secondary school, I used to be very active in sports. I used to run, play a lot of volleyball, do short put. And now I try to keep very active. I then do the serious stuff. Mm-hmm. So I identify as a feminist. I am a storyteller. I incorporate storytelling into my work. I actually even took courses on storytelling. And so I do a whole lot of storytelling in advocacy. I'm a community-based researcher, and um, I do a lot of advocacy. So I've done advocacy for 15 years professionally, 15 years and counting. Mm -hmm. But all my life, I have always been that person that would say, why not? I guess it stems from maybe not having a male sibling. And so in my own nuclear family, a lot of things were normal to me. But when I go out into the world, I see, you know, there are different rules. And I'm always like, hello, why is this different? Mm -hmm. So um, my upbringing is quite, it's a mix. It's a mix of conservative and liberal. My parents want, you know, they want you to see the world. But there was still that Christian, um, you know, upbringing in there. Mm -hmm. But Everything, I I always say that I bring all my intersections to the work that I do. So there's my lived experience, there's my professional experience, there's my privilege. I always acknowledge that I have some form of um, privilege in the work I do. Mm -hmm. Um, Presently, I'm transitioning between jobs, but I am still, you know, I still do a whole lot of advocacy, not just at community level. I'm also involved in work at policy making levels in Nigeria. I still do a lot of work in Nigeria, even though I don't live there anymore. Mm. And um, I do a lot of work here in Canada and globally. Um, I like colors. <laughs> One once upon a time in my life, I used to wear mostly black clothing. Me too. <laughs> but right now, I'm very intentional about buying colors. If I buy anything in black, it's because Maybe I really, really, really like that outfit and it doesn't come in another color. But right now, I, I like colors mm-hmm. and um, I think that people should get, you know, <laughs> into get color. into colors. I agree. Um, what uh, else should I tell How you? about we
1: go into your childhood?
0: My childhood. When it
1: came to financial literacy, what did, did your parents teach you anything about money growing up? How, how was your relationship with money growing up?
0: To be honest... My relationship with money growing up was a mix. So at some point, we used to be affluent, passé. And then my dad wakes up one morning and decides to be a pastor (laughs) with no plan in place. And so, and then there was this, if um, a lot of people who grew up in Nigeria, especially in the north, you'd know about Savannah Bank, coupled with Savannah Bank running away with my parents' money. What's Savannah Bank, for those who don't know? Um, Savannah Bank was one of the top banks in Nigeria some 20-something years ago, and one day just went defunct Ah. with people's money. And so one day we were here, and then the next day we're there. Mm. You know, a combination of the bank, I I don't know if I should say closing down, Isha went with the money. We haven't been able to get it back years after. And then my father's decision to become a pastor, you know, God called him. And so even though there were no concrete plans in place, my guy just, (laughs) God called me, and I'm going to follow this call. And so um, my relationship with money, one day you're carefree about money. You don't really think about it. And then the next day, You're actually very conscious of money. Mm. But even at that, I will admit that there was still some privilege, you know, some cushion around that fear. Because my mother works. She still works still today. She's always worked. Mm -hmm. So my mother was able to cushion um, that fall. At some point, my father used to even get salary as a pastor. He doesn't anymore, but at some point he used to. So there was that cushion, but it wasn't like before, you know, and things had to change. I had to move schools from a very, kinda rich people's schools. I was attending Uncle Bado for a lot of people who know Kaduna very well. And then the next day, I had to attend Kaduna Capital School. Funny enough, um, the school I changed to, used to ace the private school. So I left private <laughs> school and, you know, came to public school. A lot of our decisions, you know, had to change. Our lifestyle had to change. I had to go live with my grand-aunt, who had a house full of boys. And, you know, we all grew up together and all that. So one day, I'm carefree about money. The next day, I developed fear around money. Mm -hmm. And that fear actually lasted till, like, 2018, to be honest. Because I would always be scared that something would go wrong and i would, you know find myself in a very precarious situation so um even though you asked me if my parents ever taught me about money i won't really say my parents taught me about money but because i'm a first child i'm usually private to a lot of conversations and you know most times as parents when we're talking even though our kids are there we think that they are not listening or they can't hear. So I'm there, my parents are talking, they are trying to make decisions, they are doing a scale of preference, and I'm there and I'm just picking, you know, those conversations. So it's not like anybody really sat me down Mm -hmm. to say, this is how money goes, this is how stuff goes, but I just picked it up. And that's a very big issue in black families. Yeah. We don't really talk to our children about money, especially our female children. We don't talk to them about money. Even the simple, um, the simple basics about money, really? budgeting, you know, scale of preference. We don't do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, nobody taught me. I learned. I would say I learned on the job. Yes. I learned on the job of growing up.
1: Yeah, and I think what you said about. Black parents don't teach their kids about, fa- about money, especially their female children, then it can lead to them c- getting into relationships and not, not, still not knowing anything about money, right? Yes. Yeah. Um,
0: a lot of things that we do not learn or that we do not know, it always presents itself in our future. And many times you don't even know that you're going through abuse mm-hmm. because nobody has spoken to you about this thing you you just know that, okay, the house is running,
1: yeah. there's
0: food on the table. Mm-hmm. And so if you get into a relationship and somebody is putting food on the table, the house is running, you might not see other aspects that are not going well yeah. because, of course, it's going the way my childhood has always gone. Yeah, So
1: So let's get into it about financial abuse. So when you first moved to Canada, you took a certification program for women who want to get into the community service sector, and your research topic was actually about financial abuse amongst immigrant women. So can you tell us what is financial abuse or economic abuse, and are they actually the same? Because I'm not not too sure.
0: Okay, so um, the program is Immigrant Women Integration Programme, and um, I had a project partner, so we worked you know on this project together. And a lot of people use financial and economic abuse interchangeably. I've met people who say that they actually prefer to use economic abuse because it it's less scary. Mm. But um, fina- financial abuse is kind of like a subset of economic abuse. Economic abuse is broader than financial abuse. And in simplest terms, I always like to say that financial abuse is, you know, a form of abuse when one person, mostly an intimate partner, Mm -hmm. has control over the other person's access to resources. So, financial abuse presents itself in someone making decisions over money, you know? Making all the decisions. a partner, mostly a partner, because we know that parents also perpetrate, you know, financial abuse. Mostly a partner, it happens mostly in, you know, mm-hmm. relationships, dangling money over you, so you are at their mercy because they have the financial willpower. Financial abuse involves um, controlling a victim's ability to acquire, use, and maintain financial resources. So, but because when we talk about financial abuse. A lot of times people think, oh, it happens to just poor women. Yeah. But we have seen high network individuals who actually perpetrate financial abuse. So when your partner or when that family member controls your access to money or your use of money, your decisions over money, it's financial abuse. I like to put a caveat that there is a difference with one person being more prudent. If one person is more prudent and says, okay, let's work together on managing our um, finances, then that's not abuse. But when that person that is prudent now takes total control over the resources, Mm -hmm. you don't have a say in those resources. Even when you are you know, a contributor to the resources, then that's abuse. Because a lot of times, people will say, oh, my husband makes more financial-savvy decisions. And then when you listen to them talk about it, they're like, "Um, sis, Mm -hmm. that's not being financially savvy. Mm -mm. This person is abusing you. So these are the conversations, you know, we need to have. Um, We've seen it, even in, acquiring jobs so we've seen instances where men or partners will say don't take that job because there's a likelihood of you earning more than them they still want to have that they still want to have that upper hand Mm -hmm. or we've seen instances where women submit their checks to their husbands and I, actually, I always like to use the word submit because when, when you say give, people say, hey, it's a husband, I should give. But well, submit, you know, yeah. when you do your homework and you submit it to your <laughs> teacher. So at the end of the month, when you have earned money, you submit your check to your husband. You don't have a say. We've seen instances where partners have joint accounts and only one person has, this, has a say. Yeah. over the account even though you both are contributing to the account so you're both you know putting money into that account but only one person is withdrawing money only one person is making all the decisions excuse me mm-hmm. that's you should really should open your eyes yeah and we've seen instances also where even when the money is in your account because some people will say well, I know people will say okay He's not collecting my money from me. My money is with me. But even when your money is with you, do you have a say over how that money is spent? You know, these are the signs to watch out for. It can be very subtle. If you have a partner that is deleting your work offers, school offers, Mm. because it's going to give you an edge, that's abuse. If you have a partner that comes to embarrass you at your place of work. That's a form of financial abuse because offices will not take it. After a while, they ask you to go. Mm -hmm. So you have an issue with your partner and they cannot wait for you to come home and resolve it. They come cause a scene at your workplace. Mm -hmm. That's intentional and that's a form of abuse because eventually that will impact your work. If your office doesn't um, fire you, you it's going to affect even your own impute mentally there you you get ashamed there's no how somebody will come and embarrass you at work that you will not be ashamed you yeah. know so these are the signs a lot i see a lot of times people tend to see some signs of financial abuse as cute and it's because they don't know so for example someone buys you a gift and partners do this a lot Especially high-network individuals, they buy you a car. The car is yours, but the car is in their name. Mm. And then, when you have misunderstanding, they start to take back the car. They take back the phone. They take back all those things they have bought you. That's financial abuse. Mm. And that's why a lot of people, women especially, black women, stay in abusive relationships. Because, one, there's shame. One there's um, you're used to a certain lifestyle, one they don't even have their earning power in the line of my work. I have met women who will be decked in gold, but they have nothing in Ooh. their accounts. Mm-hmm. We had um focus group discussions here in Canada, and we met women, and these women were not even African women, so we ca- it's not even it's not like it's an African thing it's a woman thing. Mm-hmm but it just affects black women more. We met women who whose husbands will give them money to go to the market and then you must bring back the receipts, you must bring back the change. Mm-hmm. There are women who don't have phones because their husbands, you know, or their partners don't want them to have phones or want to limit their communication. When we were having those focus group discussions, we had women who would lie that they were going for something else entirely just to be able to attend those focus group discussions. Mm-hmm. So financial abuse can be very subtle. You will not see it coming. But I hope that as we have these conversations, you'll be able to reflect mm-hmm. or on your behalf or on someone else's behalf and see the signs ish.
1: Yeah. So and I know you often say that no abuse stands in a vacuum. So does this mean that those who are physically or emotionally abused may also face financial abuse? Do they all go hand in hand, or yes. how, does it, how does it work?
0: Yeah, I always say that um, no form of abuse stands in a vacuum because sometimes we'll see people say, oh, he doesn't hit me, yeah, but he's abusing you verbally or he's abusing you emotionally. He can also be abusing you financially because the, p- the problem is a lot of times when we talk about abuse, People only talk, people only, the first thing that comes to people's mind is, he's beating her. Yeah,
1: that's the only thing. You know, yeah.
0: it, it, people, and I see it's a trend. People tend to minimize abuse if it doesn't have, if, if there are no visible injuries, oh, he did not beat you. In fact, there are, even the people that get beaten, you will hear, and "Boy, it's just a slap. Yeah. Somebody else uses his belt, you know, and it, it's always like there's a scale to measure abuse, but abuse always works hand in hand no form of abuse starts, um, just springs up. So for, sp- and again, we said trigger warning. For domestic abuse, nobody wakes up and just starts hitting you. There's w- they, they you know, a roadmap that they have followed. So it's either it started from verbal, and then they got to, um, the, they, they got to the physical abuse. Sometimes it starts from the financial Gets to the verbal, and then gets to you know physical abuse. Other times, it there's always it never happens in a vacuum. They work hand in hand. Sometimes it's emotional. It gets to financial. It gets to sexual, and then it becomes physical. Mm-hmm. But they all work hand in hand, and it's very important that we have these conversations so that people can you know see the signs. Um, one thing that we noticed while working on financial abuse is that financial abuse is not really talked about on its own it's usually mentioned under domestic violence under physical violence oh he beat him because of money mm. he beat her because she did not cook or he you know it's always mentioned as a subset of another form of abuse but it's abuse that stands on its own whether or not it graduates to, um, you know, physical violence, it's abuse that stands on its own. It's abuse that impacts lives of people, especially women. It's abuse that is standalone, but it's linked to other forms of abuse.
1: Ooh, okay, so if someone is listening to this right now and they're thinking, okay, some of these things they are saying kind of sound familiar, how do they know... Or what are the signs? I know you mentioned some of the signs, but what are the signs to identify that like I I am being financially abused, or maybe my friend, somebody I know is being financially abused? What are the key signs that you, we look for?
0: Can they make decisions on money on their own? Mm-hmm. I know that we all have people we defer to when it comes to money. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. For example, at the beginning of the um, podcast, we talked about how I'm a part of the accountability group, and that's one group that. I actually defer to even if I don't say all my thoughts, sometimes I want to make some <laughs> financial decisions. I'm like huh does this <laughs> does this align with what we're doing on the accountability group? You know we all have people that we talk to when it comes to money, either directly or indirectly, mm-hmm. but can you make decisions on money on your own mm-hmm. That's one sign to that's one question to always ask yourself do you have to, this example, I am sorry, let me apologize in advance. If you have to go out with someone and you have to give them money to pay, to make them look good. Mm.
1: I feel like this is gonna, this is gonna shake some tables because this is a common thing, especially in the African community, right? Nigerian, I'll speak for Nigerians. I feel like this is a very common thing.
0: (sighs) Yes that's one. I know a lot of people they, they've seen it happen, yeah so't mm,
1: I don't even, I, I even think of that
0: as being a form yeah if someone gives you a gift, it's your birthday and they buy you a phone and they hold on to the receipt or it's in their name, the gift is yours, I'm buying this for you, but the, it's in their name that's watch out for it mm. I want to put a caveat before I mention other signs that many times the abusers don't know that they are abusing you financially, Oh, really? to be honest. There are some abusers that actually set out to um, do it. I've actually met people that will buy a car and it's in their name and at the back of their head. The reason why it's in their name is because Tomorrow, when this person messes up, I'm going to take my car from them. That one is, you know, is intentional, is well thought out. But because we don't have these conversations around, you know, financial abuse as much as we do the other forms of abuse, many times even the abusers don't know that that's what they are doing. Wow. But you need to know so that you can protect yourself. Is for women who live in global north. Or countries where you can use a credit card. Is this person using your credit card? Either with your consent or not. Even when they have their own credit cards. Why are they using your credit card? Mm. Or why are they stacking up credit cards in your name? That's, that's something to watch out for. Mm. Do you have a mortgage together but it's in their own name? Just that person's name. So myself and Rennie have a house together, but it's just in Renny's name. Mm. Red flag, big red. That's flag. a big red. That's it's not just a red flag, sis. That's the whole bill <laughs> of the red material <laughs> in the market. This, you know, many times people see it as cute. Oh, yeah, he, he takes, just care takes care of me. all the things. <laughs> These are the signs to watch out for. Um, can you? Give people money without without taking excuse, permission from someone. Mm. Like your siblings, if your sibling needs money, do you have miscellaneous that okay, if I want to buy Ashwebi, if I want to help someone, do you have money you can take from and help? Or you have to consult? So, Renu, my sister needs money, please. Can I give my sister money? And then they ask you, oh, how much do you want to give your sister? Maybe 20K. No, uh-uh. give your sister 5K. Naira, okay. by the hmm. yeah. way. <laughs> Sometimes those conversations are because of your reality. Maybe they are trying to be frugal. But there's a very thin line between being frugal and being controlling. Mm-hmm. Do you... Is your partner making all the choices when it comes to your career. So, and a lot of women, again, Nigerian women can relate to this. You read engineering, but all of a sudden, your partner is clamoring for you to become a nurse. Why? Is it because they think that nursing is actually good for you or because nurses pay more and... These are the signs that are usually out there. Are they making you feel like you are very extravagant? And so they have to make all the decisions. Are you truly extravagant? Mm -hmm. Are you? And if you are, do you think you cannot rein it in? You cannot bring yourself back to center. So these are the signs that we usually watch out for.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think, sense. I think society, as you said, kind of makes it seem like, oh, it's cute for the man mm. to or the partner to take care of me, you know? So yeah. if uh, they want my, they want all the, they want to control all the finances, sure, give it to them. But, okay, now that we've identified that, okay, maybe we are in a financially abusive situation, how do we actually overcome it and come out of that situation? Because, again, m- what if... Again, all your bill, everything is in their name. Your paycheck is going to their account, and everything. How do we get out of that? When, once we're in that situation,
0: you might not like me for this response, but it has to be said. Women, and I'm hoping that for every woman, every lady, every young girl that will listen to this, prioritize financial independence my people have a saying i'm trying to say it in english it's in pidgin english mm-hmm. which is a valid form of english anyway mm-hmm. this thing na our own it different from this thing na my own prioritize financial independence no matter how small have something that is your own for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I speak not just as someone who have who has you know, professional experience, but as someone who has lived experience with different forms of abuse. Have something for yourself. It's okay to rely on your partner, of course. I'm not a subscriber of having partners and then... You are being suspicious of your partner. Yeah. But it's important. It is tantamount. It is paramount. I'm looking for all the big English (laughs) that have mount. To have your own source of stability, no matter how small, you will be shocked. And for the women who will not take that first form of advice, that do not mind handing everything over to their partners. Please ensure that you are adequately listed. When you're buying something with your partner and you're doing Mr. and Mrs. and then it's his name that is at the back. Mm. Sis, don't do that. Mr. John and Mrs. Blessing. Mm -hmm. So that when push comes to shove, They shall not bring another missus from outside (laughs) and present to you. Oh God. And she will still be valid because on the paper it is Mr. and Mrs. Oh God. Your name is not dear. We have seen this thing happen to a lot of women. So it's not like we are talking, you know, we're just manufacturing this thing. As much as we have data and statistics, you know, percentage, percentage, these are people's real-life experiences, mm-hmm. they will just bring somebody f- one day and say, now, wife. Oh, my god. And then on the certificate, it's Mr. and Mrs. And then a whole lot of trouble will start. Yeah. So if you insist that, okay, this is how we want to do it, there are no secrets, I, I'm agreeing with you, but ensure that your name is mentioned there. Mm-hmm. Please, if you even have... I studied engineering in school. If I'm going to buy anything with any man tomorrow, it will be his name and engineer blessing. In (laughs) case he's trying to bring another blessing from outside. Hopefully it's not another engineer so that there will not be a problem. There was a sign I was going to mention that I didn't mention. If your partner always wants to go through your stuff, but you cannot do the same to Mm. them, cease. I will not mince words. That's abuse. That's control. Is c- and that control is at the base of abuse. Yeah. Because I have seen women say, oh, my husband can check my bank account. My husband can check my email. It's not a bad thing, no. But can you check his bank account? Mm-hmm. Can you check his email? I've seen it play out many times. A hus- a partner, because people will say, okay, we are not married. Okay, partner. Mm-hmm irrespective of the type of partnership you're doing, they have access to all your stuff. They go through your phone. They go through your email. They know where you are keeping money inside the house. They know all those things. But you don't know theirs. yeah, ah. yeah. That's a problem. Big problem. If you've never thought of it, think of it today. It's a big problem. It's a very big problem. I had a woman. I have her permission to share this anytime I speak. She, she was talking about her partner she's like he never hits me he never talks to me anyhow and you know she just read it all out Mm -hmm. and she said well he always checks my phone he checks my email he knows what goes in and out of my account and by herself you know as she was talking it dawned on her and she's like bless him Mm -hmm. but i don't touch his phone i don't know his i don't read his emails I don't know what's going into his account. And I sat down there because the reflection had already happened. So there was no need saying sis. Yeah. I was just like, what? Mm-hmm. In fact, she you know, she tried to change her passwords and all that. Yeah. You have to learn to protect yourself. And one way as a woman that you will not go broke. And also, not experience financial abuse, per se, is to have something for yourself.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Even if you're a housewife, they give you money to cook soup. Sis, keep 1,000 for yourself. Mm-hmm. 500. Because many times women are used to burning themselves for other people, mm-hmm. it's like the conditioning. The con- Whenever I hear that thing, it is to annoy me, they say women are nurturers. And so you realize that you are nurturing every other person aside yourself. Mm -hmm. You are burning yourself. You are using yourself for firewood. And everybody is warm. The gag is, many times, women don't even know that they are not warm. We're just happy, you know, to do it. Mm -hmm. And then, when wala happens, you just realize that, ah, Nothing is remaining for me. Yeah. So please, always keep something for yourself. Renny has a question on Vex, vex money, so I'll leave that <laughs> to her. But always, always protect yourself. No matter how small. Always protect yourself. Financial independence is key. Mm-hmm. Learn it. So if this person has control over your finances, you know that one of your plans will be how to mitigate that. How are you going to stop that from happening? Mm. If you used to submit your checks to your partner, how are you going to stop, you know, submitting your checks? How do without you without it escalating? Yeah. The truth is everybody knows their partner. Even though you never know, people will shock you, especially men. It will <laughs> shock you. But everybody know can you can envisage what your partner can. Kinda do. I would say, please, at this day and age, I don't expect that people, women don't have, let me face the women right now, don't have their own personal bank accounts. But then again, I've seen it many times. Mm-hmm. Please have your own bank accounts. Yeah. Let your money go into your bank account. Yes. Please, please, we're begging you it, uh, actually yes please yeah. let your money go into your bank account I was going to ask what do you think about couples who
1: only have a joint account and uh, like I have no separate bank account for
0: myself I'm hoping that my facial expression <laughs> is enough but I know that it's not going to be enough <laughs> if you are a woman and the only account you have is with your partner mm-hmm. please don't do that Yeah. Please go and open an account. Actually, I should tell you that anybody, any partner you are with, that is wary, that doesn't want you to have your own, you know, um, to have your own personal bank account, you should start looking at them with corner eye. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I don't make the rules, but you should start looking at them with corner eye because ah, (laughs) that's a risky. It's a
1: risky venture, please. I feel like a lot of people use Christianity to like say, two have become one," so we should only have one bank account. And I'm sure it works for some. I was going to
0: come there. Yeah, (laughs) please. You see, a lot of abuse that women face Mm -hmm. is blurred by culture, religion, and societal expectations. Mm -hmm. So when they say the man is the head and the neck is the what's that thing that they always say? Yeah, woman is the neck and (laughs) turn like this. If I knock the head, please, <laughs> everybody should have... I'm not saying you should not have joint accounts with your partner, do you, cease? But please, as you are having joint accounts, have okay. your own account. Yeah. Clergy men also have to be careful the kind of messages that they preach, especially during weddings. Because we realize that many times partners capitalize on this. You will see men capitalizing on it to say, I'm the head. Mm. And then they use that to make all the decisions, control, and you know, carry out a whole lot of abuse. Even when women reach out to clergy, and I'm using clergy because it's not just Christians that are um, guilty of this, even irrespective of the religion that you are, Muslim or mm-hmm. traditionalist, Buddhist, all of them, they <laughs> do the same thing. And even when women come to meet them and say, oh, this is what I'm going through, they start to say, oh, but does he beat you? And right. but even when he beat you, did he use belts? As if, no. These things blow the line. There's, and that's why a lot of women also don't know that, you know, that's what's happening. Because many times there's, there's, let me tell you, there's scripture that can be twisted for anything. Yeah. There's scripture that can be twisted to justify anything. But I want to tell you, you're not fair abuse. my father is a pastor, so anyway, I know. Mm-hmm. And I've seen this thing in church. I have lived in church all my life. We see it happen over and over again. Please, no matter how much you have a joint account with your partner, have your own personal account. And I know that a lot of people will say, okay, she's talking about... Um, man and woman, set relationships. We see these things happen also in same-sex relationships. So, please, as long as you are in any form of partnership, man or woman as you are combining resources,
1: have let there be a demarcation. Yourself.
0: Yeah, have something for yourself. Yeah, always. keep something for yourself always, always. In fact, um, couples that have joint accounts, I've asked them what is one secret that has helped this joint account thrive. And most of the times, the women tell me, when I get money, I take out mine first. And then put the rest in there. And then the one that goes to the joint account goes there. Always, always, it's just how we tell ourselves as entrepreneurs or, you know, Yourself yes. Pay yourself first. See, pay yourself first before you disburse the rest. Facts. Um, if you feel that your support system is harmful, mm-hmm. if your support system is either divulging information to the person who is putting you at risk, if your support system is going to judge you, if your support system will tell you to endure the abuse... If your support system will mock you, it's time to you know, evaluate that support system 100%. because a lot of times it is your support system that will cushion that fall. Yes, they have abused you financially. We know. We don't need somebody to tell you over and over again, but I told you that time even though, yes, I have said it many times, when women come to meet me, the first thing that comes to my head is not, but I've said it many times, no. (laughs) That's not the, I, I don't need to say that again. No. What we need is, you know, to plan. And many times, I say this, pastors don't like it when I say it, clergy don't like it when I say it. Many times, clergy is not necessarily your support system. Yeah. And I also need clergy to come to a point where they admit that, I don't know a lot about this topic. Talk to someone. Yeah. The fact that you are a pastor does not mean that you are a life coach, you are a financial advisor, you are a marriage counselor. No. It's okay to say, "Sister Blessing, I do not know anything about this thing you are talking about, so I think that we should speak to professionals." Easy. Yes. It's not going to take anything away from you. Yes. <laughs> but My advice always comes down, comes back to the woman. If anybody, as you're trying to remove yourself during your planning, you know, we're talking about your social planning, you realize that somebody in your support system is actually going to be a form of secondary risk. Take that person out. So, your support system is key, financial independence is key. You have to talk to someone have a bag i used to volunteer for a shelter and a lot of times we've had to remove women from precarious situations and many times the women just leave it was on their on their Mm. body have a bag no matter how small just one set of clothing is okay and your cards that might be the... Because many times you have to leave. What's coming to your head is not, where is my ATM card, where is my dish? You just want to leave. Yeah. Have a bag. Once you realize that you're going through any form of abuse, please stop planning. And not everybody has to know your plans, please. It can just be one trusted friend that you will tell. You might even have a code to say, if I call you on the phone and I say, rice is burning, It means, come and get me. Mm. One person. Another thing I would tell women, when you realize that you're in any form of abuse, financial, we're talking about financial abuse now, but any form of abuse that you're in, document. Document. I submitted my check to this person. XYZ. Document. Those messages is they are sending threatening you document
1: um i was going to ask when with the documentation how do we prove financial abuse to the police if that if like is is this a criminal is financial abuse a criminal offense like the, like physical abuses for example
0: financial abuse is, is is criminal offense in some countries yeah
1: so let's talk what, let's say canada for example how would we prove it to the place that we are
0: being financially abused? It actually, sometimes it depends on regions. Oh, wow. Yeah, so some regions where we also in Canada here are beginning to just talk about financial abuse as a broad subject. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of w- the conversation that was being had before was economic abuse. And economic abuse involves financial abuse, it involves housing it involves security and all that so and then elder abuse but right now we're beginning to have that conversation about financial abuse on a, as a standalone so depending on the region some regions have it are more you know receptive to talk to admitting that it's a crime but i know that some offices some unions actually help okay so if you're one of the people that submit your paycheck your union or your office if your partner doesn't have links to your office Mm. that's one place to get documentation you can confide in your HR you can confide in your union head and they help you with that documentation it always goes a very long way Mm -hmm. if you have a doctor Especially if you're here in Canada, talk to your doctor. Doctors listen to everything. Everything. As much as people will say, oh, maybe it's just sexual violence that my doctor will listen to, maybe it's just physical violence. No, doctors listen to everything. Mm -hmm. And they will ask you if you want them to write it down. So talk to your doctor. Any day you are with your doctor and you're alone because we also see women who cannot go see their doctors without their partners sitting down there mm. and they want to hear everything, even when there are certain things that should just be discussed with you, you know? If you're alone with your doctor, talk to your doctor. Let your doctor put it on file. Because many times when it comes to documentation, you don't when you need that information, Sometimes you can't remember. Of course. Who did I talk to? Do you understand? Yeah. But when your doctor has it, you can talk to your doctor. Mm -hmm. And doctors are also allowed to report certain things. They can report on your behalf anonymously. So if it's a recurring concern, your doctor has, you know, he's, he's obligated to, he can report or she can report that. On your behalf, mm. so please talk to your doctors, talk to your medical practitioners. Let them write it down. That's a form of documentation. Here in Canada, if you go to the hospital, one of the very first things they would ask you is, "Are you going through any form of abuse?" If you, if you've ever tried to use um, any of the reproductive clinics, they would ask you. Because they have seen these things over and over again. In fact, just at the point of using birth control, you want to go um, insert an IUD. They would ask you, Mm. "Are you going through any form of abuse?" Because they have seen it many times. Women want to withhold childbearing because they are in a precarious situation and introducing a child into that makes makes it harder for them to leave Mm -hmm. and so that's an avenue for you to document you know document that oh yes i you can confide in that doctor to say i feel like i'm going through financial abuse and i'm trying to get myself out of it they would document it if you if you don't see them writing, tell them write it, write <laughs> it in, my, yeah, put it in my file. Because it always help. It always helps.
1: And it's any form of documentation. Yes,
0: any form of documentation helps. As simple as text messages, yeah. WhatsApp messages. I know that. It might. I want to use a Nigerian expression. It might seem like we're saying, Ijawa Ijau, always guiding. Like you are always, w- but that's that's what it happened, That's what happens. You have to learn to watch out for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, documentation is one way of watching out for yourself. If you feel you don't want to tell your doctor or something, open a new email address that nobody knows about. Or maybe one person that you trust will know about, have the email, have the password. And then you put all, you know, you keep sending stuff to that email. Because you never know, you can lose your phone. Something can happen. They can burn all the checks. You know, you can miss a trail of doc- documents, but when you intentionally start curating your documentation, it helps in the long run to prove your case, you know, as evidence. Seek out uh, one way also to, one way of social planning is to seek out organizations that work on these issues. And there are organizations, I always tell people, there are, for every organization that will charge you money, that will make you pay, there are five organizations that will listen to you for free. You might be on a wait list, it might not be immediate, but there is always an organization out there that will still offer that service for free. And if you're trying to save costs, to be honest, the organizations that work on that for free is where you should go. Someone is already paying for that. Someone is subsidizing it so that you can access it. Use them. Because a lot of times, people don't tend to, uh, for lack of a better word, respect things that are free. Yeah. But please... If you are ever in a precarious situation, that is not the time for you to start blowing money. Use those free resources at your disposal. Mm -hmm. There are organizations that work on financial abuse. There's, um, for black women, for African women, there's an organization called AFRIB. So it's um, an acronym of African and black women. It's a not-for-profit organization. It's run by different black women. They have Nigerians on board. They have South Africans. They have Zimbabweans. You know. That's an organization you might want to talk to. Even if they don't have the resources, they would you know, always refer you to other organizations. So for, save something for yourself. Independence. Your support system is key. And as you are looking into your support system, you can all without the people that are secondary risk in your support system, mm-hmm. document. Document. I cannot stress it enough. Document. Even if you told somebody verbally, document, have a journal, put it in your email. I spoke to Renny on the 6th of August and I told her how XYZ, you know, document, mm-hmm. take pictures. As soon as you notice that this is my reality, start to document mm-hmm. organizations at your disposal. Please use your Google if you have a smartphone. Use your Google a lot if you because I know that a lot of us feel shame reaching out to say this is what I'm going through. Use Google a lot or reach out and say you are asking on behalf of a friend. So, a friend of a friend is going through XYZ. Mm-hmm. And the information will come out. There's information online. If you're on Twitter, type financial abuse, type economic abuse. So much will pop up. A lot will come out. A lot.
1: Yeah.
0: Those four things are very key. Have a bag. I did mention have a very small bag Mm -hmm. that you can... If you have to leave, you just sling it.
1: It's like your Vex bag, just like Vex money. Yes, like Vex money. I want to... I know we mentioned support and finding a support system. So, say I am the friend, and I see that my friend is going through something like this. How can I? What is the best approach for me to help a friend who I think is going through financial abuse?
0: And I know you said planning is yeah. the best thing. This is very—it's very dicey mm-hmm. helping someone, especially if the person hasn't dipped it on their own. You know, it's a different. Situation when somebody realizes that oh I'm actually going through abuse I should talk to Mm Renny, but it's different if I'm even I'm oblivious. But Renny realizes that ah come on, Blessing is going through abuse. Depending on how your friend is going to handle it, there are people that you can talk to outrightly and say Blessing I think that I feel that I'm seeing signs of. Abuse yeah. in your relationship hard and they hard. will listen. there are people that you will tell that and they will they will run away
1: and never they, they cut don't, don't want
0: to yes they will cut you off. there are people that will go and tell their partner that mm. ha, you need to see what <laughs> Rene said, and if they are truly going through abuse and their partner knows that is, they are abusing them intentionally, then they will now Rene becomes a target yeah. First, they would badmouth Rennie, they would isolate you from Rennie, and they can actually harm Renny. So it depends on your friend, you know. But I always say that one way to tell somebody about abuse, especially when you feel they are going through any form of abuse, is to bring it up as a conversation. Blessing, what do you think about financial abuse? You already have all the information, or some information. You're enlightened in some way, and then I'm like, is there anything like financial abuse? I've got these feminists. They've come (laughs) again. They always have a name for this thing. so no, truly, there's financial abuse, and then you start to talk. Yeah, I think that's
1: a really good point about bringing it up. Like you could say, oh, I just listened to this podcast about financial abuse. I learned so much. We should talk about it. You know, something Mm -hmm. like that. Because it it makes them feel like you're not attacking them. You're just bringing it up gently and then bringing it to their attention, right?
0: And, you know, springing things up on people can be very triggering. Mm -hmm. I also know that people don't like, especially women, don't like to feel or realize that they have been taking advantage of and every other person could notice it as aside so. them mm. nobody wants to ever feel that way that wait you mean everybody notices but just me mm. i didn't know so this approach hardly ever backfires bring it up as a conversation as many times as possible you know without making it seem like you are pointing it at them make them you know contribute it's not like you just talk over their heads, have a conversation, Mm -hmm. a dialogue. Believe me, you would have sown a seed. They will go back and, you know, ruminate on it. They might not come back to you to tell you that, ah, that conversation we had was the next step. But believe me, it works. Mm -hmm. Another thing is always reassure your friends. I know my, I know the friends that I will call 247. Like, I know the friends that I'm weeping middle of the night and I can call them and they will come get me. And that's because of the assurance we have given each other that no matter what, I am here for you. Mm -hmm. Always reassure your friends. I'm sure we all know the friends that no matter what, they might not agree with your decisions, they might not agree with your actions, your options, But when the chips are down, they will always, always bat for you. And we know the friends that even if you are dying, you won't call them. (laughs) No, it's true. Yeah, I don't. So always reassure your friends. Your friends should know that no matter what's happening, I do, I'm here. Mm -hmm. You know, you can talk to me about anything. You can reassure people, reassure your friends without making them feel like something is wrong just i i just want you to know that i appreciate this friendship and no matter what i'm here for you Mm -hmm. you can talk to me about anything or even during conversations i appreciate that we can have conversations like this and i want you to know that you can always you know rely on me that reassurance goes a very long way if approach one doesn't work they will always remember that our blessing said she will always be there for me. And if you are that friend that judges people, you need to, you know, bad, take a yeah. step back and stop. Yeah. Because life happens, man. Life happens to people. If you're one of the people that say, I can never, please delete that from your vocabulary, from your mindset, because <laughs> you will. Life be life, yeah. Life be life, and life will show you. So, things change. Things change for people in a nick of an eye. But these two approaches always work. Mm -hmm. Always bring it up as a conversation. And two, always reassure them, Mm -hmm. so that when chips are down, they can actually lean on you, and then you can help them.
1: This episode is getting a little long and I really, I know we could talk about this for hours and hours and hours. I wanted to maybe just swing a little to, are there other forms of financial abuse that aren't in intimate relationships? So does it happen between maybe friends, family, parents,
0: child? Is that something that you see often in your work? Yeah, among friends, when one person is the high network individual or the high earner, they want to make all the decisions for the friend group mm. or all the decisions in the friend group actually revolve around them so even if you guys you, you can't even do something without their imp- without their input it has to be what they want to do so let me cite an example maybe you want to you feel that we should go to a water sp- a water park
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know just have a fun just a light adventure. And they're like, no, we have to go to XYZ restaurant, you know. That's, that's a form of abuse. Yes. Especially when they're not putting other friends in the group into consideration. So when one person always uses their financial ability, their financial status to, you know, control any other person... Mm-hmm as a form of abuse and it happens even among friends. Yeah. I know that people say it as a joke that uh, your boyfriend might be the uh, houseboy of his friend group. <laughs> are you sure that they are not using their financial ability to you know, yeah. humiliate your boyfriend? Because mm. people say it a lot you know, they say it like Joking, as a joke right? but these are real life experiences. You have that friend and they can. They never want to do something. You you can't even do anything outside them. If you do, they get angry. And so everybody is always is whatever anyone wants to do that we will do. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, another is among par- parents also abuse children financially.
1: Yeah.
0: An example that I will cite. People will not like me for it, but I'll cite it. Tell us. Tell us. Shake tables. You see these. Um, Because I'm the one paying for your education, you must read this course.
1: Yeah, it happens a lot.
0: Hmm. I know people say that, oh, your parents just want the best for you. You can want the best for someone without loading your decision over them because you are holding the ace. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you don't read medicine, I'm not going to pay for your... um, Education,
1: Big even
0: book. when the person doesn't have the capacity to read medicine,
1: or desire, you know, or desire. Like <laughs> maybe they
0: want to go into theater art. Mm-hmm. Like God forbid, yeah, Nigerians, <laughs> hey, wanna be acting, movie. Do you understand? That's a form of abuse. Mm-hmm. But when we, whenever we talk about it, people think that oh no, your parents just want the best for you. You can want the best for someone without um, loading your position. And your finances over them yeah. um elder abuse we see it a lot, especially you know among children and their parents when parents start getting older and now children, you know you want to now make all the decisions for your parents. Mm. It's a different situation if that parent is not in possession of their you know mental faculties. You know, they can't make decisions on their own. That's different. Mm-hmm. But your parent is well alive and kicking. And that decision is not a decision that's going to harm you. But because you are responsible for them, you give them monthly feeding. You want to sit down there. Don't do this. Don't do that. I will use my, let me use my dad as an example. My dad is elderly. I do not expect my father to go and say, when I want to marry another wife mm-hmm. now. Because I know that his mother is going to suffer for it <laughs> as his first child. <laughs> that one, if I say no, that's not abuse. But if I'm giving my dad money and I'm now saying, "Don't go here, don't go there," yeah. excuse you, that's I'm using my financial ability and capacity to control him, mm-hmm. and that's abuse. So when we have the, and. These conversations, I, I always say it, and I will say it, these conversations are very difficult conversations to have, even for me, because many times when I have these conversations and I see people nodding, or I see the realization in people's eyes that this is what I've been going through, it's as much as I love doing the work, I seeing the pain that... Shows on people's faces, it stays in my head. So these are difficult conversations to have, but they are conversations that we must have. Mm -hmm. We must have them. And so, again, I would apologize if this is triggering, but I'm hoping that this helps you or someone in your life.
1: Yes, thank you so much for telling us all of this. Uh, I have one final question. I'm not sure how to word it, though, but okay. I usually ask if there's one piece of advice you would give women to ensure, or the listeners, to ensure that they don't go broke trying
0: to, Okay. S- yes, I'm <laughs> trying to word it, but okay. you know what I mean. I know what you yes. mean. what
1: would that piece of advice be?
0: Watch out for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the advice for today in line with this episode on you know financial abuse. Watch out for yourself. And I will add watch out for the woman close to you. Yeah. Because many times um, in my church we have this saying, a prophet cannot see themselves. Mirrors cannot see themselves. Mm-hmm. Many times we are oblivious of our own experiences till someone, you know, points it out. So watch out for yourself, sis. Don't burn yourself to keep other people warm and realize that the end product is ashes. You you are ashes. Nothing is there. You can keep people warm and also be warm. So always watch out for yourself and watch out for the other woman. Lastly, I would say financial independence is key no matter how small, no matter how small, Watch out for yourself financially. Have vex money. Keep something for yourself.
1: Thank you so much, Blessing. I learned a lot from this. I'll be making sure all of my friends listen to this. And I Cheers. hope a lot of people gain something from this. If you're listening right now and you learned something, make sure you follow Blessing. Oh, Blessing, where can we find you if, we want to, if you want to be found? Okay. Where
0: could the people <laughs> find you? <laughs> I am more serious on Twitter. Yes. Uh, my she's twitter, twitter famous handle. guys <laughs> <laughs> my twitter handle is blessings timidi. i hope that maybe Renny will put that on the screen yes the um, blessings dear actually my instagram yeah i post work but my instagram is more like the fun place yeah the fun part of my life so if you are expecting to come and see me always talking on instagram it will not happen <laughs> i do talk but it's the fun, you know, the less, the social part of my life, per mm-hmm. se. But you can also follow me there, Blessings Timothy. Mm-hmm. But Twitter is the place. If you tech, if you send me a DM on Twitter, my response time is, you know, usually very fast. And even if you do not send me a DM, I have lots of threads. I'm always sewing threads, yeah. you know, so there will always be something to learn on my timeline. Yes. So please follow me. Um, you can send me a DM and say, I heard you on Renny's um, podcast. And um, we'll give each other a thumbs up yes
1: so if you enjoyed this episode and you learned something new from it please reshare on your instagram story and on twitter and tag at don't go broke trying at x and 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 i'll leave blessings handle as well tag us so that you can share the love and share with other people thank you so much for watching or listening i hope that you enjoyed and i'll see you in the next one bye if you enjoyed listening to this podcast make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening and share this episode with a friend You can continue the conversation on Twitter using the hashtag DGBTPod. This episode was produced by Seldom & Co. with music by Wonder Girl.